what I want to share with you is understanding how we get to go from surviving to thriving and specifically how to embrace self-care as a successful Christian woman. How do we embrace self-care so that we get to do what we do, do what we love, show up and serve others in a way that honors God, right? While enjoying the journey and enjoying the process. Have you ever been in a season in your life where you know that you first and foremost are called on purpose for unique and greater purpose and you are in the midst of living that out and you are in the midst of creating that impact and creating the success and yet you are operating from a position of where you feel tired. You are operating from a position where you feel as if you are getting by the days, right? You are making it happen versus operating from a position of peace and excitement and joy. There are seasons in which we are geared, like that's where we start, right? With this excitement, this anticipation, this joy. And then there are seasons where we can unknowingly get caught up and or revert back to thriving. And I know that's been me. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with me, I'm Coach Rebecca Tabert. I My long and short of it story is that I am a former overweight atheist corporate girl turned fiercely fit, Jesus, reverse that, Jesus loving. He helped me get fiercely fit. And I've been an entrepreneur for 13 years. And I've had the honor of coaching um, other women and men, but now I focus exclusively on Christian women so that my programs and my coaching and my interaction can be unapologetically focused on God's word. So the reason this topic is so important is because we get to continuously look at how we are caring for ourselves. And we have a hard time because we do have such a huge heart of service because we are on mission to serve others in a way that honors God for a greater impact. We all have very unique uh, talents and gifts. I believe I said this at the start, but I, I know that you know that you have a unique call on your life. You have a unique purpose that only you can give. And some of you might be thinking, hey, Rebecca, aren't you the health and wellness coach? And how does this all tie back? It is all so intricately connected because we cannot give our best if we are not at our best. So when we are operating in a position of surviving versus thriving, when we are in, in a position of striving from a position of doing it in our own strength versus thriving through it from a position of peace, um, we aren't able to actually fully realize all that God has for us to be able to fully actualize living it out to our greatest potential. And then, of course, the people that we are meant to impact, whether it's you're speaking from stages, you're building a multi-million dollar business, or the people are in your immediate circle and your immediate community. Those people suffer when we are not at our best. Let me say that again. The people that you are meant to help suffer 
when you are not at your best, even when you feel like you've got it on lock, even when you feel like you've created this success and you're doing all these things and you see the results and the impact, the fruits of your labor by the people that you're interacting with, whether it's clients or your family or your community or um, you know a church community, whatever it is, and you see all of those fruits, I'm telling you, sis, if you personally are having that impact from a position of where you feel tired all the time, you feel worn down, you feel like you're pushing through, you have even more in you. You have even more in you. And when you are able to shift from that position of of striving in your own strength or feeling like you're surviving the days over to this position of thriving where you're operating, you still have long days if that's what you do. I love it, right? But when you're operating from a position of excitement and anticipation and peace that really surpasses all understanding, not just quoting it, but living it, right? Then we have far greater impact. Then the the sea of opportunity opens up, right? God's word says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That he came to give us life and give it to us abundance. That he um, is able to give us exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. And we get to do our part. And so when we're operating from a position of surviving or striving in our own strength, we are not doing our own part. And I know this is super hard to believe. And the reason we have a the reason we have a hard time slowing down to speed up so that we can be in a position of thriving is because we don't yet sometimes in a season, either we get lost and we unknowingly fall back into striving. That's been me too. Or you may not even yet know and realize and understand why this is so important, why you want to be taking care of yourself, why self-care gets to be a priority in your life. And because you don't understand the importance of it, it is less likely for you to show up and follow through for yourself. So I'm actually going to start with giving you, I think I've got three, four reasons, um, three, and then we'll we'll go with a, a bonus one, right? Of why understanding that self-care and being in a position of thriving is so incredibly important. And again, the reason I'm going to share these four things first as to why it's so important is because in order for you to follow through for yourself, you must believe that this is important, right? Whenever we decide something is important, then we put our focus, our energy, we make time, we find a way, right? So the first reason to understand why thriving, operating from a position of peace and excitement and joy, no matter the circumstance, no matter how long the days are, is so important to be able to take care of yourself, to be in that position. Because the first reason is that, and I said this earlier, you cannot give your best when you are not at your best. And we hear it and we know it, but sister, are you living it out? Or are you justifying and compromising your own self-care, your own sense of well-being? We have this tendency to look at feeling as if we're sometimes maybe you're comparing yourself to somebody else and you're thinking, well, you know, I I put in my 
I, I go to church. I'm trying to think of an example on the fly. Like I go to church on Sundays, so I'm good. Or I go for a walk every once in a while, so I'm good. The reality is to the extent in which you are taking care of yourself is to the extent in which you are able to give to others, right? You cannot give quality if you are not embodying quality. We say that again. You cannot give quality of your gifts and talents if you are not embodying quality in who you be. And who you be is not quality to the extent in which you could. There's, you know, iterations of quality, but it's not the highest value if you aren't taking care of yourself. Number two. When you are striving and you're not taking care of your, when you're in this position of striving, it means that you're not taking care of yourself. If you are operating from that place of frustration and fatigue and pushing through and getting by, I guarantee you aren't taking care of yourself because when you are taking care of yourself, you can have the same hours in the day. And I'll explain more because it's not just about what you would think. And so we'll get to that in a little bit. But you can have work the same hours in a day if that's your jam, if that's what you want. Some people like to work four hours a day. Some people like longer days. There's not good, right, or wrong. It's just where the season that you're in or the perspective that God's given you, right? Whichever that is, you're able to do it from a position of peace when you are well. When you, if you are operating under stress, anxiety, uncertainty, imposter syndrome, those types of things, it all ties back to the foundation of who you be, the foundation of taking care of yourself. The second, or the, uh, and on that one, I should say that when you aren't taking care of yourself, not only are you not able to give your best, we talked about for number one. But if you're physically unhealthy and you don't have to wait for a bad doctor's report, you don't have to wait until you're sick in, in bed, when you are operating in this baseline of not at your best self, you are increasing your risk for illness, whether it be the cold or the virus that we've been dealing with for the last three years, type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, certain types of cancers, these things feed and thrive off of stress. Your immune system is compromised when you are not taking care of yourself. So if you are pushing through and getting by and not taking care of yourself, then you are increasing your risk to getting a like a uh, what was I going to say not a variety um some sort of degree of illness, right? And Prayerfully, it's not something significant. And also, even just that underlying of just not feeling good or that underlying of operating from a place of fatigue, it adds up. It is a compounding effect and it's impacting your quality of life. Yes, we are here. We get to be in relationship with God. We get to serve others in a way that honors honors him. But Remember, he is calling us to enjoy the journey, enjoy everyday life. And when we are not, his spirit is in us, which means we have everything we ever needed from the time that we repented of our sins and accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so if we're not accessing what his word says we have, then we get to look at where are we 
not like we're always never perfect. We're always in evolution. There's always iterations. God's word also says he will finish the work in us the day that he takes us home. And yet that happens by us being an active participant. So we get to continuously look at if I'm not accessing peace, if I'm operating from a position of stress, stress, if I'm operating from a position of getting by, what's going on? Where do I get to look at being different so that I can do different, so that I can have different? Amen? Number three, uh, God's word says to love others as yourself. It is not loving to not make time for yourself. It is not loving to not take care of yourself. It is not loving to hate the body you're in. It is not loving to deprive yourself of healthy foods. It's not loving to, man, the word that was going to come out is mutilate your body with unhealthy foods, right? You get to, and this is a whole other conversation, so I'm not going to, to go into it, but I get that you don't know what you don't know, which is why I'm such a, this is just the call God has on my life to call out what is being said is good is not good, right? The the crazy dieting, the crazy restrictions, a lot of the, the package, the processed food, the fast foods, that there's so much there that gets to be exposed so that you understand how much harm it is causing versus the good that you want to be pouring into your body. Fair enough. I, we're not going to go into that today, but understand that loving yourself, God's word, remember, says we are to love others as we love ourselves. It is not loving to put yourself last. It is not loving to give yourself the scraps from the table, right? You aren't meant to just pick up the scraps off the floor. You are a daughter of the king of kings. You have a seat at any table you want to be a part of. One of my clients actually is working on this book that um, I'm going to get it wrong, but she talks about this. Like You are meant to be at the table. Whatever table you're at is because God ordained it for you. So stop taking scraps from the floor. That's what too many women do for themselves is take the scraps from the floor, the leftovers of the day, the leftovers of their time, the leftovers of the attention. God first, you next. It's not selfish. It's biblical. Because if you are not allowing yourself that I'm not saying like be self-absorbed and arrogant and all of these things, but if you are not doing some what is actually basic things to care for yourself, to thrive, to feel like you're at your best, to show up with radiant dynamic confidence, then you aren't able to give everything you are meant to give to other people. Let me keep going. Um, number four, when you are striving, for those of you that are watching the video version of this, I'm going to look down a little bit because this like flowed and I want to make sure I get it right. When you are striving, you are not able to serve at your best. Talked about this a little bit in number three. But when you are not able to serve at your best or when you're, I'm sorry, when you are surviving or feeling like you're in a position of striving, we talked about the fact then there, then you are not at your healthiest. 
you're not enjoying, you're not able to realize and actualize your unique and greater purpose. It's all tied together because if we are, for example, discouraged, distracted, turning to food instead of God, then we are giving up opportunities to invest time with God. We're giving up opportunities. We're allowing things to come in and be a distraction or a block or a hindrance unknowingly. This was me, just so you know, for so long. And in different seasons, you see different iterations. So I'm never... um sharing from a place of judgment or condemnation. If any of that comes up for you, you get to rebuke the enemy and say, no, this is understanding. This is gaining discernment and gaining wisdom, or maybe it's a reminder that you need in this season. There's never any judgment, but when we are not taking care of ourselves, we're not actualizing and realizing our unique and greater purpose. Therefore, no matter how much impact you've created, no matter how much wealth you've created, no matter how much you feel like you are living out your purpose and potential, there is even more. There is even more. And when we aren't living out our potential, I love Myron Golden because he's normalizing talking about money. And the reality is we get to create wealth. Not everyone on the planet is called for it. Not everyone is able. For those of us that are able to create wealth, we are called to create wealth because the wealth that we then have, that when good people have good money, they do good things, right? We get to tithe and give no matter where you're at, but the more that you have, the more you are able to give. And so it works in full circle. Right. Because then again, we get to enjoy the the wealth and the abundance and all of those things, wealth in many different dynamics, but finances being one of them. And we get to serve like the overflow. Like it just is. That's part of the process. That's part of our journey. So let me tell you, I'm looking at time real quick and I want to stay on time today. Let me tell you a season where I had unknowingly fallen into striving and not realized that I had done that and how it showed up for me because I know that this is a component where a lot of times when we are hardwired to drive and to go, we will just keep going (laughs) and not even realize it until somebody, until we hear something or catch something. So maybe you're meant to hear and catch this today. So one of the times now, 20 years into my walk with Jesus, over a decade of entrepreneurship, there's going to be seasons where you catch yourself falling into striving instead of thriving and or getting by and making things happen versus operating from a position of peace. And like I said before, we just get to be aware of that. And the more we are, the better we become of observers of what's happening. I call it being a student of our mind and body. The more we learn how to do that, the more we catch ourselves, the faster we can course correct. And so several years back now, um, I was in a season of life where I had two locations for my brick and mortar fitness business. I uh, got remarried to my husband. We put together two households and straight up, that was insane. And so for me, I went from a place of feeling like um, just quiet in my home and what have you to now six people in a home and two different styles and It was absolute chaos and super, super stressful. 
I'm just going to be real. Blended families are not for the faint of heart. And so that stress, in addition to that same year or that same first couple of years, um, I was physically, I always trained. I was also in a season of doing a lot of Spartans and Tough Mudders and Ragnars and half marathons and all within a short period of time. Loved it. Still, I, well, I've not done any in years. Loved it. So in addition to that, I had uh, one of the biggest uh, betrayals, I'm just going to call it like it is, in my business to date at that point, um, which then also resulted in one of the biggest setbacks that I experienced in the brick and mortar fitness business. I'm not saying that to complain or anything along those lines. Everything happens for me and I wouldn't be who I am today if any of those circumstances had not taken place, right? It all depends on the circum the 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 if we choose to learn the meaning we give it, all of that. And 100% all of these things happened for me. All of that combined within a very short period of time, within a couple of years of each other, again, the compounding effect of the stress, the compounding effect of I'm wired to go, right? I don't, I, I can't, people talk about retirement and I'm like, that's not even a thing for me. Like I can't ever imagine it. And I know, I know those of you that know, you know, cause you, that's one of the reasons why we're connected. You're wired like this too. You're wired to go. And so I was still taking, I was still doing my workouts and still in my quiet time with my, with the Lord and felt like I was taking care of myself. But this is the biggest takeaway for me. One, I was in, I was incredibly, let me give you some of the symptoms because I didn't know what I didn't know. I was incredibly fatigued all the time, but I was running off of so much caffeine that I felt like it was helping me at the same time I could have a coffee at 6 p.m. and still go to bed. And then I'd be up super early the next morning. I'd start the whole cycle over. And what started to what I started to feel was not only the fatigue, but I started having incredible joint pain. And this incredible joint pain was so painful that I would wake up in the middle of the night in pain. I started having episodes of not just lightheadedness, low blood pressure. A lot of times when we stand up too fast, um, we get a little lightheaded or what have you. It more than once I felt like I am going down. I am going to black out, and that was super scary. Like to to see the actual black, the stars, and feel like you're gonna break down. In addition to that, there were two instances I still remember. It, yes, two where I literally just lost emotion, lost control of my mouth, and felt like there was afterwards felt like there had been an alien in my body. And after the second time that happened, that's really what prompted me to to say, okay, all the things that I could see that were happening and not knowing that something like knowing something's not right with me, I'm not feeling good, I'm not feeling right. And then having these two emotional impulses and having them affect to somebody else is what finally got me to a doctor. I will tell you, this is another conversation for another day. I love our doctors. And also Western medicine is taught uh, prescriptions and surgeries and they don't necessarily um, address like and there's a, there's a reason for that there's a purpose for that that needs to be it's also a huge industry it's also like I I didn't know what I didn't know until this journey either and so I a, I'm gonna say a normal doctor but a Western medicine doctor basically told me that I was crazy 
that there was nothing wrong with me, that she'd be happy to prescribe an antidepressant if I wanted it or anti-anxiety, but that there was nothing wrong with me, that all of my symptoms were just like, you're too healthy to be having this going on. Like, okay, Uh, that's not going to work for me. So I went and saw a naturopath. And within the first few minutes of meeting this doctor, naturopath means they're looking at more of a holistic. So again, they both serve a purpose. I want to be super clear. I have had clients over the years. Many of them will tell you that they're never taught nutrition as an example. They're never, they're not taught these things because that's not their focus. Whereas a naturopath is looking for root causes. A naturopath is looking for, yes, there's a time and place for medication, but it's not the default. And when I went to the naturopath doctor and I started to explain some of what I was feeling, he started repeating back to me all of the things that all of the things that I was feeling. Some of the things I had not even said because I had no idea that they were related. And I just my tears started rolling down my face and because I just felt instant relief. Like here is this person that understands what I'm doing, understands what I'm experiencing. And in that conversation, he told me, Rebecca, the only reason you are not curled up in a ball in bed and not able to get out is because of your physical strength, your faith, and your mental grit. And he said, what you are describing and what you're going, I believe it's an advanced stage of adrenal fatigue. And I'm floored that you are are up and functioning and running the business and doing all of these things given where you're at. And so from that, I I really quickly I'm going to tell you, it also it was almost like a, a curtain was open. And in that moment, I started to realize and started to see more of what I was actually happening because I wasn't ignoring it. And one of the biggest things for me in that process, because I'm going to go through, how do you go now? How does this apply, right? I had fallen into this pattern of striving. I had fallen into this pattern of feeling anxious and stressed and on high alert all the time. And even though I was eating well, even though I was working out, even though I was still having my time with God, I was in a position of striving. I was in a position of getting by, making things happen. I definitely was not feeling peace and thrive in what we what God says is ours to have. I did not at that time, God had not taught me yet that when we aren't experiencing those things that he says we have, there's something in the way. I didn't yet know to look at it from that perspective. When I saw the doctor and started to be more aware of what was happening with me, I remember having moments, it's like the chicken before the egg, because sometimes it's almost like it gives you permission to feel the way you think you're feeling, so then you feel more of it, instead of ignoring it, instead of numbing it in some form or fashion. And I remember thinking a week or two later, first of all, I will tell you that I also, and I also had gained weight over the several years, which I had justified, because I'd had put on more muscle and that kind of stuff, but I had gained weight. And he told me that it would be a two-year recovery. And I thought, no, I'm not a statistic. It's not going to take me two years to recover. And he was more wrong, or he was more right than I was wrong. And 
in the process of healing and in the process of trying to figure out what to do, I also started leaning more into the natural approach. And I started leaning more into researching adrenal fatigue or autoimmune diseases and foods and how they impact our body, even when they're quote unquote healthy foods. And so I did a lot of that. And again, I'm super grateful because I get to teach that forward with empathy in that even you could be eating what you perceive to be healthy foods, what has always been okay for you to eat and not realize that your body is no longer tolerating it in some form or fashion. And so it's showing up in the way of it could, it could be leading to that joint pain. It could be leading to the fatigue that's unexplainable no matter how much you sleep. It could be leading to the weight gain that you can't seem to get off. For me, I started to realize I would, if I ate superfoods, certain foods, I would have um, extreme bloat and distension. Uh, and so it took me through this process. That's another story in terms of the food and how to navigate that and what worked for me and, and all of that. What I want to share with you today is one of the biggest things was, yes, regulating sleep. Yes, being diving into a more in-depth look at the foods that I was choosing. And the biggest thing was a new level and iteration and understanding of how to recognize the thoughts that don't serve me and build thoughts that empower me. Even though I had known it, even though I had practiced it, this season gave me the opportunity to learn that at a new level. And the reason that is so important is because just as God's word says, for as we think in his heart, in our heart, so are we. And so we can have a lot of crazy all around us and we can learn to manage it in such a way to where we still maintain our peace and we don't perceive it as stress and anxiety. And therefore, we are able to operate from that place of peace and live the life God has for us, regardless of what's happening around us. And the reason this is so important also is because at one point, when I started to realize how I was responding to the stress, I remember thinking, if I don't learn how to calm myself down internally, because we're way makers, we make everything happen, we get everything done, all this kind of stuff, everybody else thinks every like, we're always fine, right? And yet, and we, we believe that in the moment, and yet internally, our body is saying, you are not fine. Internally, our hormones are saying, you've operated at such a high level of stress for so long, you have normalized that, but your body can only withstand that for so long. And when you're in that like fight or flight response, you're not meant to operate in fight or flight 24-7. It's meant to be outbursts, right? As a response, not a state of being. And that was the greatest lesson during that time was understanding how to better manage, and it didn't happen overnight, it was a process, how to better manage the thoughts I had about situations, circumstance, people, all the things, the meaning I was giving them, and how I wanted to choose to respond to it. And it was a process and it was a journey. But let me tell you that understanding and having that next iteration of truly what is emotional mastery 
And I say mastery with caution because I don't think I've arrived. (laughs) I think we get to practice it. We're on the path to mastery, but it is a critical element in the ability to be in a position of thriving versus striving. To be in a position where we get to, if we choose to work long days, if we choose to do all the things, we get to be in a place where we're doing all those things, but operating from a place of peace. God will do his part. We get to do our part. And like I say my, with my clients, when it comes to being able to even create sustainable lifestyles, when we have years and decades of thoughts that do not serve us, it's going to take time to begin to recognize where those weeds are, then learning how to pull them out, and then really fertilizing our ground with God's word. Not the truths that we've adopted to be true based on either what people told us or what was spoken over our lives or whatever it might be, but truly going back to understand where the beliefs that we've built that aren't actually in alignment with God's word, the meaning that we're giving to the circumstances, the people, whatever it might be in our lives so that we can be in a position that does align with our highest good right? In walking out our faith in our businesses, in our families, in our everyday interactions, it comes down to, yes, physically caring for your body. And it doesn't have to be complicated. For those of you that don't know, I do teach Christian women how to create sustainable weight loss without giving up your favorite foods or spending hours at the gym. One of my giftings, because I personally walked through an experience, is teaching women how to conquer emotional eating, And also, it still all ties back to, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And it's a constant evolution of looking at those thoughts that don't serve you. Because being able to identify those thoughts, which is really hard to do on your own, because the reality is, there was a quote that says, we question our beliefs except for those that we hold to be fully true. And you held them to be fully true for so long, you don't even recognize it as something that doesn't align for you, that isn't your highest good, that isn't doesn't belong to you, that isn't in alignment with God's word, whatever the case might be, right? And being able to identify your thoughts, create thoughts that are going to align with your highest good, that are going to serve you, being able to manage thoughts in a, that then create emotion that tie to beliefs, those beliefs then impact how you're operating, how you're showing up, the actions you're taking in everyday life. And so being able to understand that it all comes back to our thoughts, how we're caring for ourselves, of course, above and beyond anything else, our personal relationship with God, all of that plays a critical role. It is the foundation, whether it's strong or weak in this moment, it is the foundation from which you're operating all other things. So build a strong foundation. Build a foundation that is based on your personal relationship with God first, then your own self-care, your own well-being, so that you can fully experience all that he has for you, so that you can fully experience and give all that he's called you to give 
in service to others in a way that honors him. I hope this was helpful. For those of you that want the notes, type notes below. God has put it on my heart to do a new iteration of a challenge. I'm still... Um, I, my plan is to pour into you guys over the next few weeks, and then in June we'll be doing the the challenge, which will be we'll talk more about it as the time comes. But it's going to be around what we've been talking about, and that is the core of what I get to do and get to teach on is really how to be at our best so that we can give our best whether that's sustainable weight loss, whether that's ending emotional eating, whether that's being in that place of certainty and belief in who God says you are just as you are on the unique purpose and calling that he has on your life. And so I'm looking forward to it. Um, as you are, uh, as the details evolve, I will continue to share them with you. Uh, for the meantime, stay tuned, keep listening. Um, I'd love to hear your, in your comments what was your biggest takeaway. Bye for now, guys.